You know, it's it's a great story. I know um, when I obviously do these and oftentimes these webinars and oftentimes we'll have some of our porch leaders on here and they had a great case study um, a few episodes ago where they were really kind of, I'd say, curating the data for a certain product and they started to, you know, look through and say, oh, is there any interesting analytics in this data? And they found that a, a large portion of one of the audiences were also pet owners, like very unrelated to the product. And so they were able to um, build some curated content with the product that also just happened to have pets in it now. They added pets and the conversion rate like went through the roof by just adding some of that additional imagery because through you know the data and analytics, they were able to find that this particular audience also had a penchant for pets, and they and the two were very unrelated. So you just never know, you know, when you're looking at your audiences and how you tailor your content, what you're going to find in the data, the data and and your audience curation um, overall. Yeah, so, you want you want your content formats to be things that you know people are going to relate to and look forward to. Um, I know a lot of um, the beauty industry right now is really exploding. And one of those content formats that they're really leveraging is the get ready with me um, or get undone where they're taking off their makeup and showing what their you know skincare routine is. But it's amazing how many people are engaging and listening to every single nugget of whether they're talking about their brushes or the beauty product that they're utilizing or the skin cream that they're sleeping with overnight, you know? Um, so I think really truly starting to understand and break apart what those content um, formats are, are really important as well. So understanding like, oh, is everyone tuning in for the get ready with me, but no one is paying attention to um, how we make our packaging. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's probably not the most engaging topic for customers that are thinking about a beauty brand. So um, really focusing in on your audience and what they're engaging with and looking at those measurements of the past can help you plan for what you're doing in the future. I love it. Okay, brand evangelism. You know, this is step five. And you know, talk about a marketing buzz, buzzword, you know, brand evangelism. Of course you want brand evangelism. You don't want mm -hmm. brand non-evangelism, right? Where nobody's talking about your brands. Um, you know, do people have to like you to have to like your brand or do you really just want consumers to talk about you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, of course we would prefer that they like your brand as well. <laughs> and we don't want to just be creating that buzz and having, having them just talking about you. But I think that some of those things go hand in hand and these brands that we have listed on here that are doing it well, um, oftentimes are because they're doing good things or they're doing the right things. So Chewy, for example, um, a lot of people are aware and familiar with Chewy and they may, um, you know, order from them for pet foods and whatnot. But one of the things that they're constantly called out for and why people say that they love the brand so much is that sadly, when your animal passes and you tell them you want to cancel your subscription, they send you flowers and they say, we're so sorry about you losing your pet or whatever it may be. Um, and it just shows that they care about their customers. Um, Real Beauty or Rare Beauty is another one. Um, Selena Gomez, she actually just did a post recently that I had shared out on LinkedIn because 
I truly am a follower of that brand as well as my daughter loves that brand and her Easter basket was filled with the product. So not only am I a fan of the product, I'm purchasing those products and they're sold out all the time. Let me just tell you, because filling that Easter basket was a challenge. <laughs> um, but because Selena Gomez is really passionate and feels strongly about supporting girls and women and making them feel good about themselves. It's more than just selling product. And so people see that and engage with it and it catches fire. And so creating and fostering that brand evangelism is really how do you get your customers to believe in you, but then at the same time, believing in what your customers think is important and sharing that as a goal and helping to move that forward. Um, Burn Bootcamp, for example, they have amazing brand evangelism, evangelism and they do strategies to support that. So every week they have um, basically like a pre-made story that you can share that says what their brand or what their company is going to be doing for their workout. So on Monday, it's legs. On Tuesday, it's full body. On Wednesday, it's core focused, whatever it might be. But people that are coming and doing those workouts take pride in that and they share that to their story, checking off, I was there Monday and then they share it again on Tuesday. I was there Tuesday, share it again on Wednesday. So when people are engaged with that brand, you're constantly seeing them talking about it and sharing what they're doing. And that is pushing the brand forward, creating better brand awareness, helping it to be in the consideration set for those consumers that are thinking about getting in shape. Um, similar with Peloton, they're masters at creating community and, and getting people to um, really purchase a bike that maybe, I mean, before Peloton came around, how many people actually had a bike in their home? Almost no one. <laughs> very, very small numbers, very, very few numbers. And so really developing that community um, is, is of critical importance. Yeah, that's great. You know, we've talked about, I think, these great um, five strategies and really in order of importance, you know, defining your goal, identifying your target audience, um, which actually comes around again when you're talking about testing, aligning your platforms to your audiences. Audiences are so at the center even of your social strategy, creating your custom, creating your custom content, you know, and then really fostering um, brand evangelism is clearly audiences are at the center of that as well. So we keep in movers and shakers coming back to the importance of audiences. And I think really when you're developing your social media strategy, it's no different. Give folks a little time to uh, post their questions, but you know, thank you, Erica, so much. We're going to have a few questions. I'm sure some folks um, listening today um, are going to have some questions and also um, you can clearly see that at Porch Group Media here um, they do support um, social media and audience curation for social media if anybody needs support for that as well. So Larissa have we gotten any good questions in today? Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great question, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you have not and, uh, asked your questions, uh, feel free to do so. Um, if we do not, we do have quite a good, a few good questions. But if we don't have a chance to get to all of them today, we are happy to reach back out to you. Um, so the question that might be a little bit top of mind, I think, is um, what are just some general guidelines that you might have on establishing a budget? 
Yeah, and sure. I can I can take that I'll first. Either, yeah, I know Lucy, you've done social and Erica, either one of you could. Yeah, any input. Yeah, so your budget is definitely going to vary um, by company to company and what kind of product you're selling. Um, but a good guide, I would say, and something that I've seen typically from the various places that I have worked is staying in that 10 to 15 percent range of total company sales. Um, Lucy, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know the few teams that I've managed, you know, more recently, I'd say 10 to 15 percent is usually where we're ending up based on the media mix. But I would also encourage you not to forget about the budget that you need for organic as well mm -hmm. and SEO. And there is, you know, in those terms, there is a technical component to make sure um, you are aligning with search and what have you um, and have you know a, additional budget to create your content that it's not just the media budget you know that's targeting your 10 to 15 percent because there is an expense to that content creation to keeping up um, you know your listings and you know everything you need for SEO as well as your content is helping you rank so don't forget about that portion of your budget as well as making sure you have if you're if you're doing organic in-house making sure you have enough people to keep your content fresh um, and keeping up with talent uh, as well as um, it's making sure whatever you need could be included in your agency fees and so on and so forth so there's not just that pure media dollar that I think Erica was referencing which is you know, very, very important, but also um, in the parts of your budget, you know, to have the content creation or the agency fees or the or the headcount to be able to execute a solid strategy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's definitely important too to make sure that you're keeping top of mind that testing strategy. So you're not just spending it all. You need to make sure that you have the testing and dollars allocated separately out for that so that you're keeping that top of mind and that it's something that's an ongoing initiative because that's going to be critical for your success to continue optimizing the program absolutely perfect um next question you, you you kind of talked about this a little bit but are there general guidelines and types of posts that resonate best um, and that just kind of reminded me of an example for our company, you know, being that we're B2B, um, we do really well anytime we post a video or a um, pictures of people that are on our team, um, just anything that we can put a personal face to our company just resonates particularly well um, for us. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on what types of posts that you see really working for uh, some of the brands you've worked with? Yeah, um, I think people wanna see content that is relatable to them. And so um, I, I often talk about the idea of <clears throat> something that is aspirational, but also attainable. And so I sometimes have seen brands that can go too far down the aspirational path where it's almost just off-putting to the customer, they're out of tune. Um, so I think that's that's one of the things that's been really effective for us is is taking a step back in the various companies that I've worked for, whether it was Purple or American Eagle, but really thinking about how you're putting your copy together, the content that you're sharing, what the imagery looks like, so that it's not so far off base. Um, one of the areas that you know we saw this hugely successful was when I was working on the Airy brand, um, and Airy was really 
thinking about how to, you know, be a competitor to Victoria's Secret, who was the behemoth in the space at that point in time. And one of the things that we heard loud and clear, I was managing the insights team. And one of the things that we heard loud and clear was that customers wanted things that were real and that they could relate to and that didn't feel, you know, totally out of left field and made them uncomfortable. And so as, um, aspirational that it wasn't even attainable. They could never get there. Um, they want to feel safe. So I think if it is showing people that are your own company, those faces or um, being open to talking about flaws and challenges and how you're overcoming them, those are all success stories that people can relate to because everyone has things that bring them down. They have challenges at work. They have budget challenges, whatever it may be. Um, helping to show those success stories often is, is you know, a lovely place to be in social. I love that. Um, I think we have you, one more, Larissa. Okay, sure. Um, do you find that more consumers are increasingly making purchases from, from social platforms? And do you kind of see that trend evolving? I mean, from the business that the businesses that I've been in and managed, yes, 100%. Um, we definitely see social being a great avenue for leads and traffic coming to the website and driving people into stores and ultimately ending in conversion. So it's a great outreach and a great way to engage with customers at the onset and then follow them the whole way through to that conversion. Yeah. I mean, Erica, you may know about this brand, but I had the fortune to meet the president of Lively when she was just first starting that brand. And she, you know, really, I mean, was one of the, I'd say, more pioneers of really leveraging social on being a purchase driver um, online and and grew her business or grew this business really largely from, you know, organic and paid social overall. I mean, enough to eventually be sold to a larger lingerie brand for, I think, between, I want to say she was sold for somewhere between 80 and 100 million dollars. And she grew it, you know, from nothing, you know, to mm -hmm. you know, this, this really um, well known social brand overall. And, and, you know, it, there are these huge success stories about these products and um, and people being able to really grow their businesses and brands just in social. So I definitely think that, you know, purchasing via social is becoming more and more of a phenomenon. And it, yeah. in some ways it feels more trusted almost than, you know, general ads. So thank you for that. Well, it's been great to have you, Erica. We were so lucky um, to get you to come and talk about social strategy. You've had such success at both Purple and um, and uh, American Eagle. We can't wait to see what you do next. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we know that you are formidable in turning around those brands. So excited for you and your next journey. And so thankful to have that you had the time to be with us today yeah. on Movers and Shakers. And thank you everyone for joining today. And we look forward to seeing you the next time on Movers and Shakers. And thank you also to our sponsor, Porch Group Media.